Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Tonight's topic, ADHD stimulant awareness, dosing. We are celebrating uh, ADHD Awareness Month. This is uh, the third show of a three-part series that we're doing on awareness of ADHD stimulant medications. Again, our topic tonight is the dosing of them, uh, really trying to bring some awareness over how complex it is to actually get the right drug at the right amount, the right place, and the right time. Before we get into tonight's show, real quickly, the 2018 annual conference on ADHD is around the corner. Um, it's going to be basically in about a month in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm excited to be doing a presentation um, at the pre-workshop on um, ADHD marketing media and then later on uh, ADHD and exercise. Uh, so we're real excited about that. We hope you go check it out. If you want to learn more and go to the conference, go to chadd.org. Tonight's show is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and we're offering you two uh, free digital copies of Attention Magazine. All you've got to do is listen to our shows uh, and listen for the keywords. Uh, email us three of the keywords from our shows to attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and we'll email you two magazine PDF issues of the, of the magazine. One is the most recent copy and then one that's to come. We've got a little tip that uh, we're going to play for you from Chad, and we'll get into the show. Chad celebrates ADHD Awareness Month each October to improve the lives of the 17 million children and adults in the U.S. who live with ADHD. In 2018, we're setting the record straight. Help us raise awareness for those affected by the disorder and their family members. To learn ways to get involved with ADHD Awareness Month, visit our website at chad.org. Thanks again, Chad, for your support. Uh, for those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage everyone out there to become members of Chad to support them financially. If you do, if you become a member, they've got a lot of great member benefits, but the real reason to do it is to, uh, they're the ones that speak on our behalf on Capitol Hill and different regulatory agencies to advocate um, as one voice. So uh, to learn more, go to chadd.org. Again, tonight is part three of our special on ADHD stimulant awareness. The first two weeks we did uh, one on the basics, and then uh, the second week we did it basically on drug shortages, which is a fascinating show that was really revealing. Uh, yes, sometimes there are shortages on ADHD stimulant medications, and uh, the reasons uh, out there are not so obvious. Tonight's show is dedicated to dosing. The idea here with regard to dosing is it's relatively complicated. I know when uh, people are coming to me and I'm coaching them, I, uh, I usually try to adjust their expectations, expect to change meds 12 times or more before they get it right because it is, it's a bit of an art. Uh, not as much of a science, and so um, we're dedicated the show to this. What we have following are the long-term effects of uh, stimulants. Are they addictive? Medication diversion and the sensationalism of media with regard around that. Um, if you're listening to the show from our website at attentiontalkradio.com, um, links to the other shows are embedded in the description. I think you can probably access that if you're on iTunes. Some of the other places it will it'll pin. So with all that, let's roll the tape and hope you enjoy the show. 
David Pomeroy, MD, specializes in treatment of adults and children with ADHD and related conditions. He completed training in family medicine in 1979 and has been board-certified family physician since that time. After 26 years of full-spectrum family, in 2005, he chose to start a practice solely devoted to diagnosing and treatment of ADHD of all ages that goes along with it. Uh, He's... He has uh, seen over 3,000 patients for evaluation of ADHD since uh, 2005 and continues to be uh, a source of satisfaction for him in, in working with his crowd. And with that, David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. Today, th- this show is so focused on paying attention to attention. And when people uh, take medications, what I find that they pay attention to is, the, like, you know, the instructions – you go in, you uh, maybe you have strep throat, you have to take penicillin every day, and you take that pill, and it's it's just dialed in, and, and just it, it just works. It just takes care of things. But the thing about ADHD, particularly stimulant medications, is it's really not that easy. Getting the right dose at the right time is really more of an art form, uh, I think, than than a science. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's exactly right, Jeff. In uh, preparing for the show, you had asked, well, set out kind of how you uh, decide. And and there aren't specific steps. It's like uh, kids who come up with the answer to a math problem and the teacher says, well, show your work. And that's almost impossible. And at this point, there are a lot of different answers. So I'm looking at a lot of different factors in the person's history, their age, all kinds of things. And just getting a, sometimes it's flip a coin. Well, we could start here or there. Usually there are some things that influence my decision on which med to start with. But to emphasize to people, this is just a starting point. And there'll probably be other things we have to maybe add or change to a different type of medication. So it's really, everybody's unique in terms of what's going to work. And, and that's one of the reasons why I was so thrilled to have you on the show because I think the key here is really to educate people on what some of those factors that might influence where you start and really emphasize to those out there that this is a process that you need to work um, in tandem with your mm-hmm. mental health professional to get right. So part of it is, is they they look at some influencing factors and, and, and choose a place to start and your job as, as the individual is to go out and to observe what's going back on and go back and, and try to articulate what's happening in your day-to-day experience so that you can make adjustments in that process to get to the right med. And that is, I would like to emphasize everybody, this is really, really a process. Um, just, I'm just, just a wild guess. Off the top of your head, how many people do you set a dosage and not change? In other words, you get it right the first time. Just a guess. Um, that in terms of dosage, that's, um, that's very unlikely because I always start at the lowest possible dosage. And so if someone is taking um, 10 milligrams of one medication and they really need 30 for it to be effective, they can take 10 milligrams for a month. They aren't going to see anything. The first day they take 30, they'll notice that things are different. And about three days later, they'll figure that wasn't just a good day. This works. Wow. So, so you start chances slow. of very first dose working is so you start very low. low, start and, low. Then, and then you – and work your way up. Right. What would be now, the danger one of starting thing, high? Um, someone could end up uh, with a lot of side effects 
you know, I can't look at a guy who's 240 pounds and he's 48 years old and say, boy, you know, I think you're going to need 40 milligrams. So that's where we're going to start. He may need only 20, but his son, who's age 12, could use 50. So there's really no uh, predicting on the basis of age or gender, uh, weight, anything else. Well, it seems to me if you take the low, start low and move up approach, you'll, you'll work your way into it. And I love what you said is, you know, 10 might not work, but the first day you take 30, if that's the right dosage, you'll know it. I think there's probably a little bit of a danger if you start high and work your way because if there's a bad side effects or if it's too much. Right. Um, you know, cause in the Internet, I hear these things like zombies or I lose my creativity or anxiety and stuff like that. And it seems to me that if you, if you had that in your first experience, it, it, you might shy away from it um, altogether. Thoughts? Sure, sure. And one of the, the key things um, is that if someone has side effects that they just do not want to tolerate even the next day, don't take any more. And the good thing about at least the stimulant medicines, pretty unique of, of any, that what you take that day, you're going to see the result that day. If you don't like the result, don't take any more. There won't be so a, the side effect the next day. It's gone. So it's immediate. So the you take it. You, yep. So the, it's, if you want to stop, you just stop, and the next day you're good to go. Right. Then you call me up and say, wait a second. We've got to change things. Mm-hmm. So – Everybody out there, just the key is this is an art form. There's factors that influence where to start, and I like the whole process of start low and, and, and move up. Um, when, you're, when you're in this process, one of the things uh, just in my notes that you look at is if a person has a bit of anxiety, that has an influence of whether you start them on, on, on a amphetamine or a methamphetamine. Can you speak to that for a second? Yeah, though let me correct one thing. It's not a methamphetamine. We don't use that. <laughs> it's a okay. methylphenidate, methylphenidate or that's, that's an right. amphetamine. Yeah. And so there can be a confusion. Um, meth or methamphetamine, of course, yep. a very dangerous street drug. Uh, yep. The amphetamines used uh, for ADD are chemically somewhat related, but certainly not the same. And the mm-hmm. methylphenidates um, aren't chemically related at all. So. Mm-hmm. In general, and this is a a wide generalization, amphetamines tend to have a little bit more edge to them. So someone who already has some anxiety or they say, yeah, I get real sweaty and nervous if I have to give a talk, a presentation, or uh, someone who's, I had one uh, 11-year-old who was upset he didn't do well on a paper because then he wasn't going to be able to go to a good college and get into a good law school. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, let's slow down. <laughs> um, yep. You don't don't have to worry about college um, based on one essay. But that's someone I'd say, let's try a methylphenidate first. But it's very much try it and see how it goes. I think these are very safe medications when they're taken in the dosages they should be. And by mouth, they, they've there's many, many, many years of experience with them. So one factor, start low. And, and grow. Another one is if there's a little bit of anxiety in terms of maybe where you start. Also another thing that I think that you look at is if a person can take a pill or not, because there are some um, liquid mm-hmm. forms of some of these medications now, correct? 
Well, there are a few liquid ones, but uh, even easier, uh, each um, kind either of the amphetamines or methylphenidates, um, you can, the ones that are a capsule, uh, which are the longer acting ones, uh, you can open them up and um, in the case of one of them, you can put it into water, it dissolves very well, um, drink the water or even part of the water if you want to start with a lower dose. But others that have those little tiny beads in it, you can open up the capsule, put it on some applesauce or yogurt, something It doesn't get chewed and uh, take it just fine. Wow, I've not heard that. So, that, so if you don't chew it, you can just take that out and put it in applesauce. It's easier to... T- to get it down into your stomach, you don't want to chew it because you'll break, you'll you'll mess up the time release. Um, right, um, and you'll get right? the whole you'll get the whole thing all at once, and then you're off to the races. Then you're zooming around. So Got the it. the idea, each long acting kind, um, well, many of them have the same mechanism with the little beads. Some of them dissolve at first, some later, but others have different um, ways of delivering it over time. There's mm-hmm. one methylphenidate that you can't break up. It has to stay intact as a um, a tablet, and uh-huh. others you can open up. Got it. Okay, well, let's let's go to break real quick. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the difference between the immediate release and the extended release, and some of the dynamics that kind of go into that. And then we'll take a look at some other factors. Um, everybody, if you want to learn more um, about Dr. Pomeroy, go to ADD Center of it's. it's Bellevue, is that correct? Bellevue. Uh-huh. That's, and that's spelled B, let me start from the beginning, ADD Center, C-E-N-T-E-R of, O-F, B-E-L-L-E-V-U-E dot com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Secret word is dosing. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. You've tried logic. Johnny, just calm down and work. Then you can go out and play with your friends. Now get the help you really need to improve motivation, communication, and compliance for kids with ADHD. Join nationally recognized ADHD parent coach Cindy Goldrich and her team of experts at PTS Coaching. Take the first step. Sign up for parent workshops today at ptscoaching.com. Workshops offered in person, via the web, and as e-courses. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and Executive Function Challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Make every moment count with Time Timer, a sensitive solution for ADHD time management. It shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes. To place an order for a Time Timer, all you have to remember is timetimer.com. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody. We're here with uh, Dr. Pomeroy. We're having a great conversation about dial-in ADHD stimulant medications. Um, before the break, I alluded that we had talked about this, but Dr. Pomeroy, the, the medications come in fast-acting and then extended release, or sometimes it's called immediate release, and you have the different types of drugs, and then you have the different durations. To me, there's quite an art form in trying to match the duration uh, of the medication with the lifestyle of the individual. Want to speak to that for a minute? Sure. That's um, part of the the primary thing. I guess two steps. Uh, the first thing I need to determine, or patient and I need to determine, what amount of what drug does it take for it to work at all? Uh-huh. Once there's an effect, then we look at, okay, how long does it ha- last? Does it enable someone to be at their best function, whatever they're doing, for as long as they need to on any given day? And and my goal is to have the medication be transparent. That is, the person doesn't feel like they're drugged or speedy or slowed down. They just can go about their business. The Part of the tricky thing is that even a long-acting medication which by the initial testing that's done before it's even released, may say, oh, this is going to last 12 hours. For some people, it may last seven, and others nine. So mm-hmm. um, with, that gets to, okay, we know that 30 milligrams of this medication works, but it only goes to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And if you're trying to finish up your work and then get home and help with things at home, Three o'clock doesn't cut it. So then we might add a an immediate release one, and those kick in within 15 to 30 minutes usually, and that's going to last maybe four or five hours. Okay, now you're up to seven o'clock. Someone else where the long-acting one only lasts till one, they can probably take a second dose of that long-acting mm-hmm. one. It's going to go longer. So um, the the immediate release ones work well um the problem is and the reason the long acting ones were even developed was in the 1990s there were only the immediate release ones well if you're a child and of course back then it was believed that everybody grew out of ADD at 18 so only kids needed medicine at school they had to go to the school nurse to get their medication it had to be before the first dose ran out um and that was a problem. Some kids didn't want other people to know they were taking medicine. Okay, your break is at 12.15, but you need the medicine at 11.30. It just made for a lot of problems, yep. which is why the long-acting ones were developed. But so the, the, some people who are very uh, specific, um, regimented, I guess you'd say, they do fine on the immediate uh, release ones. Take one at eight, take one at noon, take one at four, and it works well for them. The, the, so, the, um, when a person, well, number one, you, when you talk about kids in school, that's one thing, but I've also worked with adults, too, before that they're in the working day. Sure. And sometimes if it's, it's fast-paced, they'll miss the time that they were supposed to take the medication. Oh, yeah. And so all of a sudden there's this gap that kind of creates, which creates some problems. And I also, from some of the people that I've worked with, there's a they describe as a little bit of a rebound effect when they're kind of coming off of, of medication, particularly the instance release. Is that is that is there something to that, or is that just uh, 
Well, um, yeah, there there can be uh, different medications have higher likelihood of a rebound. I'm a little reluctant to mention specific names, uh-huh. um, but that is one of the, the side effects to look at. Sometimes a long-acting one may have the rebound. Okay, then I take the short-acting about half an hour to 45 minutes before that rebound would start. So you're continuing um, a more smooth uh, action of the medication. They may or may not have rebound than when the short one last, uh, goes out. So rebound is a consideration. I think it is there more with the immediate release because they're fast up, faster down. Most mm-hmm. of the long-acting ones take a little while to kick in, but then they drift off mm-hmm. most of the time. So for some people, so there's one of the rebound. That, Going back to this partnership, which is what this show is about, is we're talking about first getting the right amount of the, 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 the right amount of the right drug, and then matching the durations. And as you as you described, if you just took a, a long extended release and it started to come off at like three o'clock for a student coming home, not being able to articulate that to your mental health professional, they wouldn't necessarily know that maybe that you needed instant release right after that to get you through those homework hours when you get back. Or if you're rebounding and you're coming home from work and you're kind of cranky at that point in time of day, you're focused mm-hmm. on work, but you're coming home and all of a sudden you're argumentative with your significant other, that can create some real problems. And you know, Dr. Palmer, what person, you can't, you're not going to know that unless the person is giving you some feedback on that. Is that accurate? That, that's right. And I uh, you know, ask people, to, number one, in terms of figuring out if it's effective, okay, what do you see as the two or three things that mostly get in your way? And commonly for adults, they can um, say, well, someone starts talking and I'm thinking about something else that triggered in my mind from something they said, or I'm figuring I've got to remember to bring home milk and bread tonight. And all of a sudden you realize you haven't sliced idea what the person you're talking with is saying. And so that's one. Other people will say, I can't read more than about two paragraphs of a newspaper story. Um, I have to get on to something else. And those people come back when the medication's working and say, I not only read the whole first page of it, I went to the to-be-continued part. Um, Mm -hmm. I completed the first book I think I've ever read in 40 years. So those are the signs that it works. And someone at work can say, you know, everything was doing fine. I could plan things out, decide which things I was going to work on. And all of a sudden I'm all scattered. I didn't know um, what to do next. I had to finish up some stuff. I started this one, started that one. That's the time the medicine's wearing off. Yep. Yep. And one, one of the things that you said a, there, oh, go ahead, finish. Go ahead. Yeah. One of the things that I get asked commonly is how do you know if your medications are working? A lot of people sometimes is they stop working. And over the years, just into people that I've talked to, is is if you're taking too much, you can maybe feel like a little bit of a buzz kind of effect that's kind of going, in which case the people know it. Uh, the other side of it is is some people that they take the medications and they expect themselves just to just be organized all of a sudden. And is, in my mm. business, what we say is, you know, pills don't teach the skills. And the litmus test right. for me is is – 
if you could only read like two pages of a book and now you can read two chapters, that's an indication that they're having a positive impact because you're able to sustain right. your focus on something longer than what you ordinarily dose. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're at the optimum dosage for yourself. It's just a good litmus test to say, hey, listen, something's happening here. And by the same token, if if you can read maybe during the day um, some emails real easy, but you go home at night and you're having some difficulty then, then uh-huh. you can say, wait a second, I think the medications aren't necessarily working at this point in time and have a conversation about, you know, what do you do in that particular situation with your mental health provider to see maybe if you do need, like, some type of boost in the evening. Right. The, the other thing that's um, important is that one of the things that the executive functions – um, that doesn't work well with ADD is a self-monitoring, self-awareness. Uh-huh. So people with ADHD um, don't realize what they aren't able to do because, of course, they've never been able to do that. Yep. So that's one reason I encourage people to take your medicines every day, particularly when you're first starting, take them every day for at least a month because you don't know on a Saturday what it's going to help with unless you try it. Um, so there there are some things that are going to be pretty easy when it works to say, yes, I was able to start something, stick with it, and finish it. But then there are other things like, whoa, I could read a couple chapters in a book or um, any number of, of different things that someone wasn't aware that was a problem. And at the same time, like you mentioned, pills aren't going to, get you organized and have you yep. write everything down in your yep. agenda and look at it every day. Yeah, so, so let me just illuminate that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk to you. Let me just kind of, everybody out there, illuminate some what this is. Let's just talk about um, food. In mm-hmm. order to cook, you, first you've got to plan. You've got to sit down, you've got to make a list, and then you've got to actually do the shopping. Then you've got to come back and there's food. You have to prepare the, that food. Then you have to cook that food, and you have to clean up that food. Many of those tasks are repetitive and boring, and some of them require a level of executive functioning. All this is, is trouble central for those with ADHD in terms of sustaining focus. And the way it impacts your world is a lot of times is over the weekend, if you can sustain focus, you're actually preparing the food and not just ripping something out of a bag and eating it. This is how it actually is showing up in other places of your life where you wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. ordinate, think about. Or um, packing for a trip, you don't necessarily think about when you think about ADHD, it's showing up at school and work, but really to be able to sit there and think in your mind, run through the scenario of what you'll be doing when you're gone to identify the items that you need to bring is uh-huh. exactly. an executive functioning issue, and you don't realize it, but medications can help you sustain that focus and can help those in those situations pack where before they weren't able to because they were, you know, something else would catch their eye and all of a sudden they'd rearrange their closet or do something else. And so these are the types of things where ADHD shows up in your life that a lot of times you'd be surprised. It also shows up in relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Palmer, we've Definitely. talked um, on some interviews before where uh, Gina Parrott described, you know, there's women that have actually had their forced orgasm when they were taking stimulant medications because they could finally focus on what was going on as opposed to the other things. So these are the types of things that are unexpected, and I really like your, your, your notion of let's get on this every day for a month to really see how it impacts, impacts your life. So did I misrepresent anything there? Nope, I think that's exactly right. There are things someone doesn't recognize that they haven't been paying attention to, and um, many adults will come in and say, you know, life is just smoother. Uh, there's yep. 
I have more clarity of thought, the fog lifted. Um, now children can't or aren't as aware. A lot of times I'll see a you know, 14 year old and he'll say, you know, I'm not really sure it's working. And mom says, wait a minute, you come home, you get to your homework, you get it done. You aren't arguing with your sister so much yep. and you do your chores. I think it's working fine. Um, yep. So, yep. and even with adults, it's often someone else observing to say, you know, you're yep. getting your reports in on time. Your boss may say something about it, or certainly yep. your significant other would. It's amazing. Tell you what, we need to go to a break real quick. When we come back, I want to talk about the impact of side effects, because if you're getting the medications, the, the side effects can create some real problems, and I want to talk because those are Absolutely. factors that are going to influence us too. So um, before we go, everybody, to learn more about Dr. Pomeroy, go to his website at addcenterofbellevue.com. That's ADD. C-E-N-T-E-R-O-F-B-E-L-L-E-V-U-E.com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Secret word is dosing. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Make every moment count with Time Timer, a sensitive solution for ADHD time management. It shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes. To place an order for a Time Timer, all you have to remember is timetimer.com. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation with Dr. Pomeroy about getting uh, ADHD medications um, dialed in correctly and that it's, it's really not a science, it's an art form. There's lots of factors to take into consideration and basically you start, you've got to start somewhere um, and we're understanding a little bit more of, of what's there and really starting to understand the value of you um, witnessing yourself and articulating this stuff back to the mental health professional in order for them to get it right. Um, one thing I do want to, to emphasize real quick before we start talking about um, um, side effects um, and their impact is at the end of the day, uh, I think you'll agree with me, Dr. Pomeroy, and, 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 I, and I got this from Rick Green at Totally ADD, is we don't want you to have to take medications. We really don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't like taking blood pressure medication, and I don't like taking thyroid medication, but I do it because it improves my quality of life if I didn't, didn't have that. And what we're talking about here is I don't think either one of us are advocating that we want you to take medications, but if it improves your life, your quality of life, then it's definitely something to consider. And I think this is the key here is, is if, it's, if you're going to move in this route, 
realize it's going to be a journey to get it right and, and put the time and the effort into getting it right, because if not, you'll struggle with it. So uh, right. I put some words in your mouth, Dr. Pomeroy, but, but uh, do you agree? Yes, I think that uh, it. I tell someone I think the medication is going to help. I'm certainly not trying to force them to take it or make them uh, choose that medications are not the only things. There have been some pretty good detailed studies that show for the basics, attention, reduce impulsivity, sometimes help with anger flashpoints. Medications work better than anything else. But you get more um, solid results if you also couple that with um, behavioral strategies, routine things mm-hmm. for kids aiming, anybody with ADD, aim for a positive, don't try to take away things on the negative. So medications, it's unique with ADD, you can see the difference quickly. Yep. You know, I can take blood pressure medicine and great, I'm less likely to have a heart attack uh, 20 years from now. But yep. you take ADD medicines and you realize this week was a whole lot easier. Kids, I got my homework done. I wasn't yep. arguing all the time with mom or yep. someone at work. Yep, this works better. So it's easier to make that choice of taking medication because it helps. And there's a balance then with side effects. Some side effects may be kind of a nuisance, but you can deal with it. Dry mouth is a common one, and they're pretty easy ways to counter that. Um, But if you're really nauseated all day or your medicine wears off at 5 o'clock and you have a heck of a headache and you have to stop what you're doing, those are not tolerable side effects. You shouldn't have to have those. Yep. Um, So the choice of taking medicine shouldn't be, boy, do I want to endure that headache, but I have this big meeting. Shouldn't have to choose that. And that's where dialing it in to get the right medication and having the feedback um, makes a big difference. So there's dry mouth, some nauseous, some headaches, um, trouble with sleep, um, appetite suppression. Uh, mm-hmm. These are all things that can be, particularly with the stimulants, they, these can be side effects of those. And if it's something small or minor, you can deal with it. But if it becomes major, it can really kind of rock your world. Um, so when you're dosing these, one of the keys is if, if it's impacting your sleep, then that goes back to that timing thing because we're not mm-hmm. – you, 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 you don't want – there, there are um, – a lot of factors, even on the sleep. Um, certainly, if a child of seven takes something that is um, maybe for them would last 12 hours, but they get up at seven and they're trying to go to bed at 8:30, for a lot of these, the effect on sleep lasts longer than the effect on focus. So that kid may not be able to get to sleep until 10:30. So that's a factor I wouldn't choose the longest-acting medicine to start with, with a seven-year-old. The other interesting thing about uh, sleep, when someone comes back in, well, I've been taking this medicine, I'm having difficulty sleeping, and it's hard to get to sleep. First question I ask, particularly adults, is it hard to get to sleep or is it hard to get to bed? Most people with ADD, adults, gee, it's quiet and now I can get a couple things done. I was going to check this website, and with the fact that people ADD get so into it, they don't realize, I was just going to do one more thing. Now it's 1.30 in the morning. So um, looking at 
the medicine's worn off by seven o'clock. That's not keeping mm-hmm. you awake at eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, the other interesting thing is many people with ADD. Okay, the medicine's worn off. Now their rapid thinking bounce around pinball mind is going, and they get into bed, and phew, all these different thoughts are happening. That's what's keeping them from getting asleep. Many of those people, if they take a low dose of a short-acting stimulant an hour before they go to bed, they sleep great because it's calmed their mind down, just like the one does in the morning. That's so there are a lot of different factors I, on the sleep. Yeah, I, 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 I'm a person, you give me caffeine, I'm up for a long time. You give it to my mom, it puts her to sleep. It's just interesting how that can have an impact. And I mm-hmm. have heard of those some people that need just a little bit of that instant release stuff just to kind of take the edge off to calm, calm their mind down so they actually can go to sleep. So, right. well, sleep, sleep is a big one. Another big concern out there sometimes is appetite suppression. Right. That's one of the, the biggest. Um, I, and I tell people, okay, there are nuisance side effects you may be able to put up with, significant ones that we're going to have to track and maybe change medicines. And uh, particularly for children, the suppression appetite is a big one. Um, it's one thing to say, okay, I'm not interested in having lunch, but if that kid doesn't eat much breakfast, doesn't have much lunch, they may be cranky by 4 o'clock, not because their medicine's wearing off, but they have low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And um, every uh, person who's taking care of anybody with ADD, particularly under 18, checking their weight every time and their height. Kids often will lose, um, they may lose five, six pounds. And so they yep. go kind of down on a growth curve, but a year later, they come back to the place they would have been. Yep. Meanwhile, their height continues to increase on the curve, and that uh, is the most significant thing to me is tracking the height. Um, but if yep. the weight drops off, and I'm always using the, the percentile growth curve to track this, if it's going down across curves, say it was at 75%, now we're down close to the 25%, yep. that's time to look at, how can you boost calories, yep. Yep. Uh, make sure there's good breakfast, protein in there. Um, so it, it, it's definitely a concern. There have been a lot of studies on how much does it impact growth. Of course, you can't be too precise because you can't say, okay, now we're going to take you back to age six and yep. see what happens yep. if you don't me- take medicine. Yep. Usually now, the it, average comes out to half an inch yep. difference maybe. So, so I want to talk about that on the – we're talking about that kind of in the context of children. On the other side, some adults actually like it because they actually lose some weight that helps them in some other areas. So this is this is kind of funny because, again, this goes back to there's a lot of factors that influence these things and different stuff can happen. The other thing, mm-hmm. Dr. Palmer, I'd like to kind of – the coach in me wants to kind of come out here because as we start talking about getting the right drugs and the art of dialing in and we start talking about the side effects of the medications, one of the things that I talk about are – some things that that are behavior related that can impact these side effects. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, protein and breakfast. Breakfast is no longer breakfast; it's medicine. And protein becomes yep. very, very important in the morning to help manufacture neurotransmitters because the drugs kind of help collect them in the right place, and they actually kind of act as a little bit of they help kind of time release things. Um, and so, protein. A big breakfast many times, particularly for a kid or adults, becomes very much a part of the medication regimen, which from a coaching perspective comes back into my side. Like, how do you remember to actually have that breakfast? And I'll coach some people like you have the big breakfast and then you take the medications as opposed to taking the medications and then trying to eat a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Another thing that 
that um, I, I learned years ago, and I always love this because most people don't realize it, is is the medications suppress your appetite, but they also, particularly the stimulants, they dehydrate you, and they they um, they inhibit your urge to drink. And so if you're taking a stimulant, particularly the adults that are taking coffee in the morning, they're taking the stimulants, you're becoming dehydrated, your, your urge to drink is then suppressed. So later in the day, sometimes that headache is showing up because you're dehydrated mm-hmm. in our tax system. And that's, that goes back to a behavioral thing is you need to be drinking water on a regular basis through the day because it's not the stimulant necessarily that's causing it, but it's the headache that you're getting because you're not drinking. Other areas yeah, that, that I be. find is, is, is exercise can be very, very good on the, the sleep side. So if you're exercising rigorously yep. in the afternoon, you might have had some sleep issues for the stimulant, but the exercise gets you tired enough so you actually can fall asleep and or maybe take a look at melatonin at certain times of the evening. Mm-hmm. Again, all of these are designed, these are behavioral things that you have to remember to, that you have to be organized to do to put in place to kind of act, counteract the stimulants so that you don't have the negative side effects so that we can get the right drug at the right time at the right dose to Im- improve your quality of life. Yep. So One of the things I want to go back to, Jeff, on the protein at, at breakfast yep. particularly, and uh, one of the other things about protein, it, most of the protein we eat actually goes into energy production, but it okay. takes longer time to uh, transform it, metabolize it into um, essentially blood sugar. So you get that sustained effect. You don't have an up-down of just having frosted flakes. Yep. However, many people in, um, aren't aware of the concept of complementary proteins. That is, sure, you can have eggs or bacon, but there are 17 essential amino acids, which are the building blocks of proteins, many foods may have 12. But if milk has, for instance, 12, and whole grain bread has seven, well, between the two, they may come up with all 17. So whole wheat toast and yogurt or glass of milk or cheese, that can give you a complete protein so you don't have to always have eggs and bacon. And that's something that um, then can open up a lot of different choices in terms of you don't have to be having, have to have the same thing. Um, and kids get a wider range of choices to say, yeah, I like bagels and cream cheese. Great. Yep. Do you like peanut butter? Put some peanut butter on your toast, the peanut butter in the toast, the toast in the milk you're going to get teen out of it. So everybody that's listening to this is just a, a just let's back up and get a, a big recap is you've got you've got different types and we've been really talking much more about the stimulant medications as opposed to some of the other ones but you've got the different types that do different things and you know Dr. Pomeroy will will listen to you and maybe you have some emotional and agitation that will influence his decision on where to start but it's not the, the same thing so we have that mm-hmm. we've got the duration that we're dealing with what's your lifestyle when and how long does it take your body to metabolize these things? We have side effects that are being impacted. Sometimes one medication will produce stronger side effects than another medication, so that goes into the decision. Then we have the side effects. Is it something small that we can deal with by maybe chewing gum for the dry mouth or exercising, or, or is, it, is it is a game changer that we need to make some adjustments? Getting all that stuff 
Right. And the other side of it, too, is if you're going to do the exercise or the, or the, the eating the breakfast and the hydration-type things, that becomes more of a, a behavioral and a coaching thing that you mm-hmm. have to adjust the world to be organized enough for you to do that to counteract those things so the drug can kind of take place. So the point of this show is don't expect to walk into the doctor, get a diagnosis, walk out, and be done. This is a very iterative process that takes some time to get right. And mm-hmm. if you do get it right, exactly. it can have a very positive, profound impact on your life. But if you walk in and you get a medication, I mean, and this happens all the time with me, is I took the drugs once and they don't work, and I find out that you know, I, I got 40 milligrams of like Adderall, and I feel like the zombie feeling. I'm thinking, well, maybe you just started way too high, and then they bounce out and they have mm-hmm. a negative experience because they didn't do this. And the patient has got to put some skin in the game because you can only do yep. what you can. If, you don't, if, they can't, if they are not observing and articulating, you're at a loss as really how far you can go. Right. Right. And one thing I'd like to point out and, uh, is that many physicians don't know that much about ADHD. Uh, many physicians are very leery about using um, controlled substances and, and uh, narcotics and the stimulants for ADHD are kind of the highest control, a Schedule II medicine. Yep. So um, someone who doesn't know much about ADD may look in a book and it says, okay, you start with 28 milligrams of an immediate release medicine and someone either gets side effects or it doesn't work. And unfortunately, many doctors or even patient would conclude, well, it didn't work. I probably don't have ADD. Nah, it may not have been the right medicine. Um, yep. And certainly if a medication you've tried five of them and it really doesn't get you a good effect, Either you're part of the 10% of people that aren't going to get a, a good positive effect, or you may really not have ADD. So it may be yep. a question of let's go back and revisit things. Oh, you have yep. bad sleep apnea, which hopefully is yep. going to come out in the beginning. Yep. Well, that can show up like ADD. Let's take care of your sleep apnea and see what's going on. Um, or, gee, it, it seems to be your bipolar disorder. It's not ADD at all. Um, or or even overlap. Or even even since you can have ADD and it's so often you've got something else. You can have OCD. Mm-hmm. You can have bipolar at the same time. And sometimes these medications actually make this, those conditions worse. So it can get really really kind of complicated in here. So it's about getting the right diagnosis, working with your mental health professional to get the right medications at the right time. And again, the 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 key if you walk if you walk away with nothing else is that hey this is this is a this is a process to kind of get you there yeah. and, 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 and participate in it. Don't get overwhelmed by it. If, if you're listening to this and you go, oh, my God, there's so much kind of going on, get somebody to sit down and help you with and talk about it and, and, and document it because your life, if stimulants can help you, they can be a game changer for you, but realize that it's going to take a little bit of work, a little bit of time, a little bit of effort. So, um, Exactly. need to wrap this up. Any final thoughts, comments, or anything before we close things out? I guess the, the – uh thing that many people say, well, do I have to take this or what happens here or what if this happens? And I'll say, you know, as soon as we get to the point, you have the diagnosis, we're looking at medications as one of the options. The answer to everything is it depends. It depends on which medicine is going to work for you, what you need it for. Um, You may need it through high school and then you get to college and now you can exercise every day. You only have two classes and you're interested in what you're doing, you may not need medicines. When you're 32 and you have two kids, a marriage, a second job, you might need them again. Yep. 
that's very, very, very well put. There's, there's multiple people that I coach that will take instant release only a couple times a week when they've got to do and do like some heavy writing or some heavy reading, but the rest of the time mm-hmm. they, they function real well. And other times it kind of comes back around. One other thing that I'd like to just to throw out there that just occurred to me is uh, many times those with ADHD women in particular, they're, they've got it dialed in and things are going good, but they hit that stage of life uh, like premenopausal and hormones can begin yep. to throw things a little bit out of whack, which is a whole other conversation. Exactly. But I just wanted to throw that out there because uh, uh, Linda Rogley does a lot. She's the ADDD, but she specializes in, in, in coaching women that have kind of going through She calls it the trifecta. Is it ADD, AGE, or menopause? And there's a, there's a lot kind yep. of going on there. So, um, Dr. Pomeroy, I've got to tell you, this has been a great show. Thanks for coming on. Jeff, I've been uh, – I enjoyed it very much. I love to – help people understand some of the intricacies of, of uh, using medications and other things. And I think your point that this is a process, it's not a command great, now I'm better. Uh, the process and working with uh, your mental health professional to dial things in takes a while. Absolutely. So everybody, hope you enjoyed it. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Take care.